Check out independentleft.news. The Indie News Network. Indie Left News. Oh, hey, Indie Left. Independentleft.news. Great work. Indie Left News. The Independent Left. No, yeah. you know what we're doing? We're world building indie. Uh, indie. Indie left news. You were doing uh, the INN in recruiting. Indie news. Independent left news. Shout out to independent left news. Check out independent left news. At Kennedy News. I see indies in the chat. Hi, indie. Okay, great. Bye. What's up, everyone? It is Sunday night. I am here, indie. I have this guy next to me looking down, but. That's that's Reef. He's now looking up, and now he's looking down, and now he's looking up, and now we're cha chai. What's up, everyone? We've got a good crowd already here, and I guess everybody's ready to talk about the CTI League files and the CTI files because that is some crazy I nonsense. Sure am. Let me tell you. What um, is CTI, you ask? What is the CTI? And we're gonna get to all of that. <clears throat> But sounds like a fancy thing you got to take antibiotics for. But well, yeah, I wish I wish we could take antibiotics for this thing to, to do something <laughs> to keep penicillin. I mean, man, um, something right. All right, so this, by the way, is a ha is how do we miss that for everyone who didn't know already? Because I don't do my whole little spiel anymore, and I kind of gave that up because everybody kind of knows what the deal is that's here. But yeah, we're here every Sunday night. We're going to be here next week, and then we're going to take an extended break on Sunday nights. Uh, we've got Christmas and New Year's, and then we're going to take at least the month of January off and see where it goes. So that was backwards from five. It, then we also had, of course, the, yeah, we had three great, great Jesse tunes tonight to start off. <clears throat> we started off with, with Red Pill that he performed most recently on American Tradition as well as Backwards from Five, and then Sunday Morning Number 40, which we use to start every show. So, yeah, we're going to get into... There's been a bunch of CTIL files, and I, we've talked about it a little bit last week, but I said I want to do a deep dive on it. I want to read them all. And guess what? Another one came out this week. And Matt Taibbi then did a whole live Ooh. stream about it, and I know that you guys may or may not have watched him, but I have not gone through all of this, and I want to really go through it in detail. I've gone through it, skimmed it, but I really want to understand it and, and know exactly the depths of what they did here. I have a, a pretty good idea. I, I looked over it again today. <clears throat> so the day after Thanksgiving, around Thanksgiving weekend, they come out, Michael Schellenberger publishes on his Substack Public, his newsletter, and website about the US and UK military contractors that created a sweeping plan for global censorship back in 2018. Now, he's saying it's new documents show I don't I would debate whether they're even new. The the documents that he got from the whistleblower certainly are new and they're new to him. Is this story okay. is this story new? No. And and we're going to 
talk about that too. Uh, let me actually share a screen and you guys can see what I'm seeing. Okay, so another one. Another one. Public is one of the larger substacks that is contributed to by Michael Schellenberger and several others. They did a partnership with Racket News, Indie Media Award honoree Racket News and Matt Taibbi. Very good. Of course, they combined to publish the Twitter files along with Barry Weiss and others. And they have come back together to now publish this treasure trove of CTI League files. And they're learning a lot already. And they're going to continue to learn more, kind of like with the Twitter files. And you're going to see a lot of these drops as they're able to go through all the communications and determine exactly what happened here. So what happened is that a whistleblower made a trove of new documents available to public and racket showing the birth of the censorship industrial complex in, re in reaction to Brexit, Brexit and to the Trump election in 2016. A lot of this is not going to be surprising to very many people. Okay, but it's, hard, it's important to get through the background so that when we get to the later ones, as well as to get to what Whitney Webb has to say about this. And yes, we're going to talk about Whitney Webb. So yes, the CTIL. Yeah, which is what? The Cyber Threat in, the Cyber Threat Intelligence League. All right, so here we go. A whistleblower has come forward with an explosive new trove of documents rivaling or exceeding the Twitter files and Facebook files in scale and importance. I personally think I, I didn't really pay much attention to the Facebook files. But these describe the, mm. in, the activities of an anti-disinformation group called the Cyber, Threat League, the Cyber Threat Intelligence League, or the CTIL, that officially began as the volunteer project of data scientists and defense and intelligence veterans, but whose tactics over time appear to have been absorbed into multiple official projects, including those of the DHS. And here's where we get into the meanwhile fascism, in the fascism at the world. Cyber Threat Intelligence League. Meanwhile, at the at the Fascism <laughs> League, because this is really where we're going with all of this. All right, the CTI yeah. League. Uh, documents offer the missing link answers to key questions not addressed in the Twitter files and Facebook files. And combined, they offer now... the X-Files? Well, they, they might have the X-Files, too. Um, I read today that that's now the new predictive programming beyond The Simpsons, is to just see what they said in the X-Files. But CTI mm -hmm. League documents, like it says, it offers the missing link, okay, that they call it, it offers a comprehensive picture of the birth of the anti-disinformation sector, what they've called the censorship industrial complex. And this is what we've been kind of fighting in this massive behemoth that is that has got its thumb on all of the independent media to make sure that we haven't, that, that we don't grow and that our message doesn't get out and we get dismissed as kooks. Right. The whistleblower's documents describe everything from the genesis of modern digital censorship programs to the role of the military and intelligence agencies, partnerships with civil society organizations and commercial media, and the use of stock puppet accounts and other offensive techniques. Now, there's a lot of us that are over here on mm. Twitter. We, we've dealt with some sock puppet accounts over on Twitter. Well, and we've always accused them of being yeah. feds. 
this is now like direct proof that these were Possible involved, proof. directed or paid for, definitely by feds. So they have a couple of different examples here, and you're going to get into those later. Over the past year, public racket congressional investigators and others have documented the rise of this censorship industrial complex, which is a network of over 100 government agencies and NGOs that work together to urge censorship by social media platforms and spread propaganda about disfavored individuals, topics, and whole narratives. We've seen this happen multiple times to people that we're close with, that we follow. They've specifically gone after the gray zone and the people who work at the gray zone. They've used this to a point to go after Tara Reid, INN member Tara Reid specifically. They've used this to smear Julian Assange multiple times. So the, D the DHS's Cybersecurity and Information Security Agency, which is CISA, that's one of the agencies that Matt Taibbi had fudged. It was CISA-EA, not CISA itself. But CISA has been the center of gravity Not for much of, of the censorship. What? Not Nazi? Not, not, no, no, it's, it is definitely not CISA, <laughs> run by Chris Krebs, yes. Um, so, <laughs> I got you there. It took me a minute, but I got you. I'm, I'm with you. Yep. Took a minute. But DHS's <laughs> CISA has been the center of gravity with the National Science Foundation financing the development of censorship and disinformation tools and other federal government agencies playing a supportive role. Hmm, how about that? So he now has emails from CISA's NGO and social media partners that show that CISA created the Election Integrity Partnership in 2020, which involved the Stanford Internet Observatory and other U.S. government contractors. EIP and its successor, the Virality Project urged Twitter, Facebook, and other platforms to censor social media posts by ordinary citizens and elected officials alike. The EIP is really is really problematic in multiple ways. We can look into the EIP as we go on. But despite the overwhelming evidence of government-sponsored censorship, it had yet to be determined where the idea for such mass censorship came from. I disagree with that too because we knew this but in 2018 a stanford internet observatory official and former cia fellow renee deresta generated national headlines before and after testifying to the u.s senate about russian government interference in the 2016 election yes this is it all stemmed russian out of russia scum. yes keith it all stemmed right out of russiagate that is correct this is what turned your brain mushy. Well, it was already mushy, but this mm -hmm. further turned it mushy after Trump mushed it a, a, quite a bit. But what happened between 2018 and spring 2020? Well, the year 2019 has been a black hole in the research of the censorship industrial complex to date when one of us, Michael, testified to the U.S. House of Representatives at the censorship industrial complex in March. And actually, the thumbnail is from that test testimony in March for tonight the entire year was missing from his timeline which is kind of odd because well, it's because they didn't have the data but this is pretty interesting because they started to now get in this leak slides video 
and a whole bunch of actual internal documentation, Slack messages. How they got all that? Hmm, I. And are they? My other question is: Is this being verified and validated by anyone or anywhere or anything? Aside from the fact that it's been stringently denied. Holy crap, that's so funny. I know that background. We used that background at one point for a logo brief. <laughs> okay. Sure. So you did specifically. Creating misinfosec communities yep. and how they did it, and which coalitions they're going to use, and what avenues they're going to use to disseminate that misinformation. With this large trove of new documents, including strategy documents, training videos, presentations, internal messages, reveal that in 2019, U.S. and U.K. military and intelligence contractors, which are led by a former U.K. defense researcher, S.J. Terp, developed the sweeping censorship framework. So these contractors co-led CTIL, which partnered with CISA in the spring of 2020. We're going to get through the first one. And then I want to show you what Whitney Webb published three years ago. And you're going to be like, oh, my God. See, how does she do this? Terps Ter right. are not what I think they are in this, right? They're, no, 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 no. no. It's not tasty it, terps. It, it's not a tasty terp, and it's not a turf. And and uh, she is British, uh, Sarah Jane Terp. And she's, she's She's British. She, she, she doesn't mind censorship, obviously. Well, especially when it yeah. when it serves when it serves the queen or now the king, um, but at that point it was the queen. But in truth, the building of the censorship industrial complex began in or even earlier in 2018, because internal Slack messages show the Terp, her colleagues, and officials from DHS and Facebook all working closely together in the censorship process. What a surprise! Yeah. The CTIL framework and public-private model are the seeds of what both the U.S. and U.K. would put into place in 2020 and 2021, including masking censorship within cybersecurity institutions and counter disinformation agendas. So now they're already starting to do it, but bury exactly how they're doing it and the fact that they're, they're doing it so that they can gaslight everybody and say, what do you mean? What, we're, we're not doing it. What do you mean? doing this. I, I don't know who's doing it. It's, it's not me. Everyone gets plausible deniability. Heavy focus on stopping disfavored narratives, not just wrong facts, and pressuring social media platforms to take down information or other or take other actions to prevent content from going viral. That's what's called visibility filters. We covered this in the Twitter files. So that's one of the right. methods that they used is they would put a visibility filter on a hashtag or on a user account or on a group of users so that their tweets would basically sit in a bell jar. And I think that's what's happening to all of us. But because we spoke out against Ukraine and against what happened there. I think they put us into a jar because we speak out on behalf of Julian Assange and against what the U.S. government has been doing to extradite him. I think that they put us in a jar there, and they just request. They can't control what Twitter does, but if Twitter decides to do it at their suggestion, well, <laughs> that's not them doing it, is it? Really? That's that's their argument, and no, that's, how they say it's, that's how they say it's 
legal, quote unquote. Oh no, they said uh, no. In the spring of 2020, CTIL began tracking and reporting disfavored content on social media, such as anti-lockdown narratives like all jobs are essential and we won't stay home and open America now. Hmm, who do you think they worked for? Which which party was yep. was against all of those things? CTIL mm -hmm. created Come a on. law enforcement channel. Now, what's funny is, is that in the spring of 2020, guess who's still president? But he's not in charge of every uh, organization. Yeah. Who would be president? That would be Trump. Biden? Trump? Biden did not take office until January of 2021. Trump was still in charge in the spring uh, of 2020 while they're locking people down because COVID just hit. The organization also did research on individuals posting anti-lockdown hashtags such as hashtag free California, free CA, or free Canada, I don't even know which one, and kept a spreadsheet with details from their Twitter bios. This is what I'm talking about. We got on a list somewhere, or on a bunch of lists somewhere. <laughs> the group also discussed requesting takedowns and reporting website domains to registrars. Exactly what I'm talking about. So... CTIL's approach to disinformation went far beyond censorship. The documents show that the group engaged in offensive operations that influence public opinion, discussing ways to promote counter-messaging, co-opt hashtags, dilute disfavored messaging, create sock puppet accounts, and infiltrate private invite-only groups. And we're going to get into the sock puppet account specifically because that shit's unbelievable. And Matt actually wrote an article all about the sock puppet stuff. Um, that'll yeah. be later. So in one suggested list of survey questions, right, CTIL proposed asking members or potential members, have you worked with influence operations, hate speech, or other digital harms previously? Holy shit. Do you find microwaving eggs just too hard? The survey then asked Why does whether that these sound like what it sounds like. Right. The survey then asked whether mm. these influence operations included active measures and psyops. Takes mm. one or no one, guys. Like this is what you guys were actively know, right? pushing. So it's Spider Man like, meme. Basically, well, no, it's not even that. It's if you can spot it, we don't want you. Because you're gonna run and tell the world what we're doing. So we only want the people that are you know, smart enough to run the machines, but not necessarily smart enough to realize what they're doing and why and who they're doing it for. Mm -hmm. These documents come to us. Here we go. Via a, ver a highly credible whistleblower. We were able to independently verify their legitimately through extensive cross-checking of information through publicly available sources. The whistleblower said they were like recruited. Hamilton 69. Well, something like that, Probably. but. The whistleblower said they were recruited to participate in CTIL through monthly cybersecurity meetings hosted by the DHS. Now, this is unreal because who was, who was at these meetings were private organizations and all of the security organizations. The FBI declined to comment. FISA did not respond to our request for comment. And Terp and all the other key CTIL Leaders, of course, did not respond to our requests for comment. Go surprise. Go figure. Um, one person mm -hmm. involved, Bonnie Smalley, replied over LinkedIn saying, all I can comment is that I joined CTI League 
which is unaffiliated with any government orgs because I wanted to combat the inject bleach nonsense online during COVID. I can assure you that we had nothing to do with the government, though. Maybe what she was involved with. No. Yeah. Well, no. Look, they all do have I mean, white, hat like that, oper- white hat operations. Like that Bellingcat lady. Well, right? Where it was like, but we would we would never have worked with any agencies. They never. I never saw any. It's like okay. However, the documents suggest that government employees were engaged members of CTIL. One who worked for CTI for DHS, Justin Frappier, was extremely active in CTIL, participating in regular meetings and leading trainings. And guess who's in? Guess who's in that? Red right there in the middle is that that lady Bonnie Smalley who said Terp. that she wasn't well just underneath Terp is Bonnie Smalley who then said that mm-hmm. she had nothing to do with the government. How? Oh, okay, or or just mm-hmm. not completely unaware. I I don't I don't know. So, um, we've got lots of Slack messaging. This is a Slack thread and a and a Slack screenshot. Now, again, Slack's screenshots can be recreated, but these have been authenticated and have been verified independently, according to Michael Schellenberger. And these guys would not put their reputation on the line and their publications on the line and their financial futures on the line unless this stuff was verified and legit. At least I feel. Right. Maybe I'm naive when it comes to that. The CTIL's ultimate goal, according to this whistleblower, was to become part of the federal government. And that's a little scary, but that, again, is the literal definition of fascism when you've got your commercial then merging directly into the governmental and then becoming one and the same. Yes, thank you, Robert Escobar Show. Appreciate that. Hit the like button while you're here. Like and... While you're here, share it with your friends. Put it out there on Twitter or put it out there on Facebook. Twitter doesn't really seem to help or share, but putting it out on Substack Notes, if you're out there, find me over on Substack Notes. I'm over there at Indie Media Today. Um, And over on Instagram, too. But anyway. Yes, how isn't this bigger news is correct, Vicky. Uh, I I don't know how this is not bigger news. Uh, Why is because... Well, part of it is that they this actually came out quite a while ago. And that's what we're going to show in a little bit after we get through the rest of this article. But and we're almost done with it. But records. OK, so I want to get into who's Chris Krebs. Do you know who Chris Krebs is, Reef? I mean, I know Big Man Crab, but not Chris Krebs. No, not Krebs. Krebs. But public records and the whistleblower's documents suggest that she achieved this, which was Terp's plan to create misinfosec communities that would include the government. Okay. That was part of the original plan of CTIL, right? In addition to becoming a part of the government. The original plan was to include the government and then lie and say that government never was involved. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. The, the whistleblower is not the person that said the government yes. was never involved. 
that was someone that was caught okay. in these documents, but then replied, the mm. only person that replied at all with any kind of a public statement to public to these guys about this lied her face off and said that it had nothing to do gotcha. with government. When all when we've got screen caps of her slack saying how is friggin' pandemic still getting so many hits? All right. This is yeah. it's clearly political, first of all. They're going mm -hmm. after Trumpers and what they perceive to be right wingers because they were questioning the COVID narrative. Safe sure and effective. It was safe and effective. The same thing. Well, yes, but primarily what their what their focus being shitlibs are, being the nanny state, they're likely not even focused on us because we don't matter to them. They are focused on Trumpers because that's what they've been whipped into a fear frenzy to be to, to be focused on. But we're gonna get into who's Chris Krebs. Right. He was then the director of CISA. He announced on Twitter in multiple articles that he was partnering with CTIL. It's really an information exchange. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, the documents also show that Terp and her colleagues through a group called Miss InfoSec Working Group, which included Renee DeResta, created a censorship, influence, and anti-disinformation strategy called AMIT, A-M-I-T-T. And I'm not going to get in, I'm not, you know, it's okay. the adversarial misinformation and influence tactics and techniques. Basically, it's the way to fuck with people. They wrote the yeah. manual on how to fuck with people. Damn it. By adapting a cybersecurity framework developed by MITRE, which is, by the way, a major defense and intelligence contractor with an annual budget of, of $1 to $2 billion in government funding. So she took... This government-funded way of fucking with people from the Defense and Intelligence Department and then adapted a cybersecurity framework all right, for this censorship misinformation bureau that then she intended to become part of the government. Like, literally, 1984 shit. Yeah. But they're doing it yep. to help you. And that's the other part of the insidiousness of they're this. They're definitely using what's that language in 1984? All Inksoc. these acronyms and Inksoc, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't you know? Don't believe the eye. Don't 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 believe your lying eyes and ears. But the documents show that through a group through this group, right? That they later used Amit to develop the disarm framework, which the WHO then employed in countering anti-vaccination anti ca campaigns across Europe. Hmm. Of course. Which now they're banning the vaccines and, and they're not adopting all of the shots and they're starting to hold people accountable and ask questions they should have asked three years ago. Um, and meanwhile, prisoners are still being forced to take it or their visitation rights. Here, not overseas yes yes well that's to protect the people around them because the shot really protects the people it's actually also to protect the prisoners from somebody bringing it in potentially and then spreading it and very it's a safe. whole thing i very yeah, very very, safe, very 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 safe very effective it has nothing to do with people's hearts swelling with pride um about taking it but or mm -hmm. having to be forced to take it in some cases 
in order to maintain their job. But a key component of her work through CTIL, MissInfoSec, and Amit was to insert the concept of cognitive security, all these buzzwords, and they literally developed an entire other language so that people, when they heard all of this shit, would tune out and not pay attention and be like, Amit, CTIL, what is all? I, I don't want to hear. And it almost worked on me, but it's kind of too important because it really talks about the way that these mechanisms are being used to censor out. Here you go. So, some total of documents is a clear picture of a highly coordinated and sophisticated effort by the U.S. and U.K. governments to build a domestic censorship effort and influence operations similar to the ones that they used in foreign countries. And once again, shout out to Whitney Webb, who in 2020 said that that they would be using the NGOs, the World um, Economic Forum, the, um, the Bilderberg Group, all the people that they say are not doing what they say are doing. All of a sudden, you find out they actually were doing it because... They were going to be bringing those influence operations that they had effectively owned abroad and applying them domestically, and it was going to wreak havoc. She effectively predicted yep. that, there, that something was going to happen around the election that was going to scare the hell out of people, tear the country apart, and further polarize things. But it was not necessarily going to be a coup where, which results in Trump taking over by force. Hmm, how about that? That's pretty much exactly what happened. Um, amazing. And she said this in November of 2019, or 2020, by the way, right about the time of the election, just after. Sure. I got to find that footage. I, I don't know if she said it on her own show, she said it on T-Lab, if she said it on Slow News Day, or if she said it on um, Graham Elwood, which might have been the other place that I had heard it. I don't remember, but I absolutely 100% remember hearing this. Might even been her own podcast, but some total of documents, like we said, is clear that Terp referenced her work in the background on social media issues related to the Arab Spring. Another time, hmm. the whistleblower said she had expressed her own apparent surprise that she would ever use such tactics developed for the foreign nationals against American citizens. So they gaslit yep. us and told us that they weren't doing this to us and that we were crazy for even thinking that they could potentially bringing this, bring this back home from overseas, which we knew that they were doing in Syria and in South America and in North Korea and in Russia and in Ukraine and in all of these places that they were having mass media in Israel where they've got influence operations. Everywhere we've got bases, assume that we've got some kind of an influence operation. Yeah. According to the whistleblower, roughly 10 to 20 active people involved in CTIL worked at the FBI or CISA. Quote, for a while, they had their agency seals, FBI, CISA, whatever, next to your name on the Slack messaging service. But she had a badge that went away at some point, a uh, TERP which is interesting also, but we're seeing like the PowerPoint documents with all of the flow charts and 
potentials and paths of what they might be doing in order to lay this whole thing out. It calls for right. trying to get banks to cut off financial services from individuals who organize rallies or events. Huh, where do we see that happen? It calls for discrediting individuals as a necessary prerequisite of demanding censorship against them. Hmm. Training We've influencers. Seen that a few times too. Training influencers to spread messages. <clears throat> Chris Richards, what? Um, no, I didn't say that, but I just said that. There's quite a few of those. The eclectic federal. The timeline <laughs> of CISA's and work. New ones popping up frequently. All the time. Um. The timeline of CISA's work with CTIL leading up to its work with EIP and VP strongly suggests that the model for public-private censorship operations may have originated from a framework originally created by military contractors. No surprise there, because they can only do so much as the military, but as private organizations, there's a lot more that they can do quietly and without any visibility and oversight from government. What's more, the techniques and materials outlined by CTIL closely resemble materials later created by CISA's Countering Foreign Intelligence Task Force and Miss Dis and Mal Information Team. And I know, I know um, James Raguski calls himself a Miss Dis and Mal Information Expert <laughs> in mm -hmm. generating it, not in Raguski. Raguski, shout out to James Raguski. There's some big thing happening with the WHO. They're having a major vote. You can submit a petition, and the deadline is this weekend. It may have already even passed. There is going to be some kind of a major hearing or something tomorrow. So check in on that. But over the next several days and weeks, we intend to present these documents to congressional investigators, and we'll make public all the documents that we can, while also protecting the identity of the whistleblower and other individuals who are not senior leaders or public figures. But for now, we need to take a closer look at what happened in 2018 and 19, leading up to the creation of CTIL, as well as this group's key role in the formation and growth of the censorship industrial complex. Clearly, right. Michael is not a subscriber of Whitney Webb's Unlimited Hangout, but... <laughs> and by the way, Unlimited Hangout, and, and this is more to the article. Here is from their The Hive... All right, this is another gathering tool, according to her bio on the website of a consulting firm that she created with Brewer. She's taught the data science. She's taught data science at Columbia, was CTO of the UN's big data team. Nothing happened within the UN with trafficking or anything. That wouldn't have to happen and go through their servers now. I'm not saying anything. I, I'm speculating. I'm sure other people will pick that up and we'll see stories about that in the near future. Sure. She designed machine learning algorithms and unmanned vehicle systems at the UK Ministry of Defense. This is exactly who I would want in charge of identifying what is misinformation. So this is a deep dive into specifically who these people are, looking at their bios and backgrounds, the MisInfoSec report advocated for sweeping government censorship and counter-misinformation. During the first six months of 2019, they analyzed incidents, developed a reporting system, and shared their 
censorship vision with numerous state, treaty, and NGOs. And oh yeah, by the way, they did all of this, and we're going to find out exactly how they get... How did you get into all of this? How did you get their ear? How did they start listening? On top of the fact that they funded all of this and that they had people planted involved, how did they get their buy-in? Well, these are some of the charts that were used advocating for police, military, intelligence, involvement, and censorship across Five Eyes Nations and even suggesting that Interpol should be involved. Tara would certainly agree with you on that one. Shout out to our sister, Tara Reed, if you're watching. Love you, sister. Anyway, um, how to get alert, get info from alerts and take actions. They've got the plans and the breakdowns and the flow charts to do so. They called us the Hogwarts School for Misinformation and Disinformation. They were the superheroes in their own story. And to that effect, you can still find comic books on the CSIS site. Oh, my word. Funny. No, uh, Yeah, funny. Frighteningly funny. CTIL needed programmers to kind. pull apart. They needed programmers to pull apart info from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. For Twitter, they created Python, to, Python code to scrape. I mean, this stuff is really frightening exactly how deep they went to grab people's stuff. And then, despite their confidence in the legality of their activities, some CTIL <laughs> members may have taken extreme measures to keep their identities a secret. The handbook remains, recommends burner phones, pseudonymous, pseudonymous identities, basically creating a, a sock puppet, and generating fake AI faces using the This Person Does Not Exist website. We know that one. We're, we're quite familiar with that website. Yeah, yeah we do. We were going to make a show out of this website called Who Are These People? We actually did a couple of rounds of that, and man, did we have some fun with that. Who knew that it was actually like part of a CTIL project? Holy shit. In June 2020, the secretive group took actions to conceal their activities even more. Hmm, no surprise. So at first they, you know, they're, they're, they're altering their messaging and tightening it up so that you're not knowing exactly where it came from. I want to get into Whitney because here comes Whitney and Whitney throws haymakers and Whitney, God bless her. Here comes Whitney. Here comes. Double Indie Media Award honoree, Whitney Webb from the Unlimited Hang, from Unlimited Hangout which is the outlet that she started. She also publishes for Indie Media Award honoree T-Lev. So shout out to T-Lev. We're going to show a little video with her on there. We have a little video I'm not going to show, but give you a link to that too. But Whitney comes in with a haymaker on Michael and says, Hey, Michael, um, I covered the CTI League in depth over three years ago, and he barely scratches the surface about why they're so sinister, and also seems to downplay about how it was chiefly created by an Israeli intel operative. Michael never mentions that. Mm. CTIL got into misinformation as a side gig. The bigger problem is that this spook parade has had access <clears throat> to the critical systems of major U.S. hospitals and critical infrastructure 
including water systems in the U.S. for years. It was founded by a foreign spy. Which, to what foreign power? I bet I, I bet I could guess. Well, we already said. I'm seeing but, so there's the USS Liberty down below. Yeah, that same foreign spy mm -hmm. co-currently works with an obvious intelligence front company that routinely blames major hacks on Iran and other adversaries of Israel and or the U.S. with little to no evidence, China as well. There's a much bigger story here than online censorship. Will Schellenberger go deeper? When Iran hacks U.S. hospitals, water systems, etc., and the war drums are beating, hope you all remember Netanyahu's positive reverberations speech on Iraq, the USS Liberty, WikiLeaks publication of Vault 7, free Julian Assange, how neocons have wanted war with Iran for decades, and CTI League, etc., etc., etc. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> like. I like it better than anything else. Yeah. Whit Whitney is just amazing. And so our friend, the MCG Wire, posted that um, Whitney went on with Ryan Christian from T-Lav to cover this article from three years ago. And this is about a four-minute sure. clip. It was only three minutes. Well, I was I was actually gonna I was actually gonna I actually have her her article up, or I I had her article up. Uh, what happened? Now it's gone. Uh, here it is. Here's the unlimited hangout article. So meet the IDF cyber linked cybersecurity group protecting U.S. hospitals pro bono, and this was the other thing that Michael never covered. How did they get in oh, with everybody? No. How did they get in with everybody's health data? Because they did it for free. So people in the government never questioned because, well, we're getting a fucking bargain here, boys. Of, of course. Bro, it's free. It's free labor. It's free. All right. So you let's know, turn might as well let the interns do it. Well, we're going to let Whitney do it while we're here. Question. Actually, too, somebody in the chat mentioned something. What is your mindset about that in regard to like, I, I mean, I don't want to get into like specifically trying to hash out whether we think they're honest people, but like Schellenberger, Taibbi, the Twitter files, you know, I mean, I, I agree that it seems like everything like that that happens seems to be like a watered down half version that's meant to like not to Turn some degree. I mean, there's varying points in there. Some of the, some, some of the things I thought were well done, but yeah. what do you think? Okay. Well, here, I'm not going to give necessarily my opinion, but I'll throw out some things that I've I've noticed, right? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so what's the big push like of a lot of this cyber attack stuff, and in, 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 which includes the agenda of the CTI League? It's uh, ending online anonymity, and also ending right. you know privacy online, including on social media. Okay, uh, Michael Schellenberger is on the advisory board of ARC, the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, that was set up by Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, very cozy with Netanyahu, this whole yeah. thing, a CTI League, and also WEFPAC, the Partnership Against Cybercrime, which you can talk about, led by career Israeli intelligence people uh, who worked under Netanyahu's tenure as prime minister. And Jordan Peterson, uh, once he entered the Netanyahu fold, uh, has been very vocal about ending online anonymity. 
mm-hmm. and that we need to know who you are online. And this has also been echoed by Zionist neoconservatives like Nikki Haley recently right. as well, among numerous others. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so why has Michael Schellenberger not really talked about Ohad Zadenberg, the guy that is behind CTI League? I mean, he mentioned him briefly, but didn't go into it at all. And why no mention of what CTI League actually does? Uh, their main focus is not misinformation. It's uh, embedding people. No one knows who they are. They don't even have to be American uh, into, you know, allowing them access into critical infrastructure of the U.S., including nuclear reactors, right. dams, water systems, and all of this other stuff. And this is really important because Ohad and Zadenberg's entire career has been focused on Iran. Entire right. career. From the time he was in Israeli intelligence, he was focused on blaming Iran for essentially everything and getting part of this broader Mossad arc of getting the U.S. to preemptively strike uh, Iran for Israel's benefit. Um, and since he left, he works for uh, what is, again, a very obvious uh, cybersecurity intelligence front for Israeli intelligence called Clear Sky, uh, which blames uh, cyber attacks on Iran and has for years with no evidence. And I detail uh, this in the piece yeah. Yeah, that I wrote in 2020. So this is a guy who routinely is focused on blaming Iran for cyber attacks. And, and at the same time, he is choosing who gets to be embedded in all of this critical infrastructure in the U.S. at a time when Israeli intelligence has this explicit goal. This is very alarming, and never has it been more alarming than it is and right now. And there's a conflict going on where Israel will want the U.S. to be involved, and they know it's going to turn into a regional conflict. Right, right. And this is why your work has been so, so important over the years in this specific topic, actually in different angles or different, I guess, topics that relate back to the same main central point of how the IDF or rather the Israeli government in very surreptitious fashion have worked their way into all these intelligence and, and cyber aspects. And, you know, like to, to back to your point in this article, like the IDF linked X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's everywhere. Like it's a really alarming overlap and that's in no way meant to be some racial point. It's about a government inserting itself into struck infrastructure around the world. And that's just mm-hmm. so alarming. Yep. Ryan is Ryan's outstanding. Actually, actually you, you're going to be able to see Ryan uh, tomorrow on Mitzi Winston's show on TNT radio. Nice. Yep. Ryan. Um, I like that show good show yeah how about that i i did a fill-in on tuesday in case anybody didn't know we're going to come back to this in a second and go back to whitney but i did a a fill-in on tuesday vanessa messaged at the last minute you know everybody knows here that i I helped misty booking with her radio show so she messaged me on monday and said i'm not feeling so great i think she had something going on medically and that she needed to reschedule she'll be on this week now as instead and I actually had some time and availability and I said, Hey, Misty, you know, how about having me on last minute? And it all worked out. It was great. And I had a blast and thank you, Misty. Love you. And TNT radio is great. And thank goodness for them. Everyone can go listen to that. Um, the, the listen back link is on either. You can go to TNT radio.live and find Misty show and go there. Or you can go to Misty Winston.substack.com and you can find either my episode link or the weekly episode. Um, We're fucked. Yes. Well, Misty's not wrong there, but Whitney, 
has this and this article is a 19 minute long read so i'm not going to go through all of it but i started to read it and i think that it is important to at least identify what she said three years ago before we go forward because it helps set up what we're going to read we're finally seeing all the okay. evidence of what she knew and what she said was happening but didn't necessarily have the you know, it was written, articles were written about it, but now we've got the actual communications and the, and the back and forth that someone provided. This was more of piecing it together the way that Whitney does because she's the encyclopedia. But what she had said, and again, let's remind ourselves that this was in August of 2020. This was right about the time of the Democratic National Convention. This was before Joe Biden is elected president, and we still don't even know if he's going to win. We pretty much assume that Trump is going to win. But what she says, and we're only six months into COVID, there is no vaccine yet. There is no mandates. There are no mandates. There's none of that stuff. Since yeah. the coronavirus crisis began in earnest earlier this year, the strain on hospitals in the U.S. and around the world has been subject of considerable number of media reports. However, hardly any media attention has been given to the dramatic and unsettling changes that have been made to hospital and healthcare information technology systems and infrastructure under the guise of helping the U.S. healthcare system cope with the surge in data, as well as an unsettling uptick in cyber attacks. And who orchestrated those cyber attacks? Where do most of the cyber attacks come from, folks? Israel and Ukraine. Uh, Iran? Israel and Ukraine. <laughs> oh, and China. They want to they blame China here, too. Over the past yeah. several months, 80% of the healthcare institutions in the U.S. have reported being targeted by some sort of cyber attack, hmm, ranging from minor to severe with an uptick in phishing attempts and spam specifically. Tell you a funny story. While I was at my job, I failed a couple of internal phishing attempts. And they conditioned me basically on if you don't know who it is or what it is and what specifically they're sending, don't open it and don't click on it and report it immediately. That is basically the way that they want it known, you know, that they want it to be. So Whitney talking about getting rid of anonymity is absolutely one of the goals here. All right. And you Number know. When it comes to patient stuff, they certainly don't want to anonymize anything. Um, about 20% of the hacks and cyber attacks reported by hospitals and medical facilities since March 2020 directly affected the, the facility's capacity to function optimally with a much smaller percentage, including those, of those including ransomware attacks, right? Where literally, like, pay us money or we're going to wipe out all your data. One of the reasons for the increase in the success of these attacks has been the fact that more healthcare IT workers are working remotely, as well as the fact that many IT staffers have been laid off or let go completely. So now you've got spread out, spread thin, and nobody going to an office and interacting face to face in person. So therefore, it's much easier to rob the systems. In some, in several recent instances, the removal of entire hospital system IT staffs have been tied to a larger effort by the DHS, um, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, the HHS, sorry, 
to consolidate control over patient data, including coronavirus-related data, with the assistance of secretive government contractors with long-standing ties to HHS. And, and anywhere you see it underlined, this is a Seattle Times article. Here is a Mint Press article about government contractors about this. This is all sourced. Whitney brings receipts. Right. I adore her. All right. The sir, the, and remember again, three plus years old. So Michael's bringing something new because he's got the goods on actually what was sent back and forth. But Whitney knew about a lot of this by piecing it together. And here you go. The Cyber Justice League. The CTI League was created earlier this year in March and has described itself as the first global volunteer emergency response community defending and neutralizing cybersecurity threats and vulnerabilities to the life-saving sectors related to the current COVID-19 pandemic. They now claim to have over 1,400 members hailing from 76 different countries. But they're a U.S. intelligence operation somehow, a military-tied operation? Okay. How? Right. Because they're a private company and nobody's watching. According to their website, they seek to protect medical organizations, public health care facilities, and emergency organizations from threats from the cyber domain and offer their services pro bono to major hospitals, healthcare, and pharmaceutical companies, as well as U.S. law enforcement and federal agencies. Everybody loves these guys because they work for free. Yep. Upon their creation, they sent an open letter to the healthcare community offering to volunteer their time and efforts to mitigate cyber threats and protect our healthcare system. And they got handed the keys to the castle. And what did they do? They used it to censor their political enemies and anyone that questioned their narratives. Since its creation, the CTI League has offered its services to sectors entirely unrelated to healthcare companies and institutions, right? For example, they offer their yeah. services to critical infrastructure systems, like Whitney just said, including dams, nuclear reactors, chemical plants, and others, according to their inaugural, inaugural report and their contact form. Their contact form on their own website. They just, they don't care. This is particularly concerning given that there is no oversight regarding who can become a member of the League, Chris Richards, um, the entire anti-vax hunter group that was formed on Twitter, by the way. I would put them 100% yeah. squarely in the crosshairs of this organization. All right, As one must merely be approved for entrance or vetted by the League's four founding members whose conflicts of interest and ties to the U.S. and Israeli national security states are detailed later on in this report. And she mm -hmm. goes deep, as Whitney always does. All right. Mm -hmm. According to their disinformation work stream, she's got that down. Who some of the members of HISAC which is the Health Information and Sharing Analysis Center that they helped form. ISAC, huh? Yeah, H. Balsack, sounds more like, like, yeah. Sounds like an apple cock ring is what it sounds like, but, you know. Right, so oh, I know. Her pre their president, Denise Anderson, works closely with the NC NCCIC, the Department of Homeland Security, 
right? You've got a lot of yeah. multi-letter agencies here that we don't want involved in healthcare, first of all, and in censoring what we have to say and questioning of government narratives. And there's that guy, Chris Krebs. Remember, we talked about him before, and he's in the Schellenberger article. Well, guess what? She's got a tweet where he's basically bragging about how they're using CISA and the CTI League partnership to combat COVID-19 misinformation. Uh -huh. Look at that, Look at that profile picture. Oh, goodness gracious. That's his current profile picture, by the way. Mm -hmm. That's not a screen cap. I don't believe that is an actual tweet. You can yeah. see because there's links and stuff. Looks like looks literally like Homelander's new outfit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely go through this. This <clears throat> the links will be in the description after the episode's over, as well as in the Substack for the episode. Um. So that was mm -hmm. Whitney. So she said again, I covered it three years ago. There's a much bigger story with them than online censorship that you seem to have overlooked. And it is that they are also in control of um, critical infrastructure or have access to it, as well as the data behind that. And they have ties to Israeli intelligence. They have ties to massive censorship operations. But beyond censorship, it's massive control operations. And that's where, where I think Whitney goes with a lot of this stuff. Right, clear sky yeah. where they're making multi billion dollar contracts for Intel front cutouts like Clear Sky, and they're putting out reports on Iranian hackers similar to Bellingcat. These are Intel funded fronts that manufacture misinformation, malinformation, and disinformation on behalf of these organizations and whoever else they work for. Okay, um, there's a Gilead hack. They're part of HISAC. They work in tandem. But they're, what their goal is is to fearmonger about Iran and China now, at least. And we heard what Whitney had to say about that. So let's check in on everyone. Sean Miller, good to see you, man. Uh, take care of your kiddo. Thank you, as always, for... For hanging out. Uh what happened here? I think I think you yeah. might have frozen on, on my bot. Um but that's cool. Um we got Dr. Nick. We got a lot. Wow, 44 people. Holy crap. All right, so we have got three other CTI files to go through, and these are Taibi ones. So he calls this one the deep state with its pants down. And I put this into a thread reader so that we can get rid of the noise of Twitter. Right? The Tuesday Schellenberger, um, Alex Wittentag, and he began releasing the CTI League files provided by a whistleblower. They detail activities of a group ostensibly formed for the narrow purpose of fighting COVID misinfo, but we quickly found that they had wider interests. So now Matt is starting to get that, what Whitney's saying. And what are they doing? All right, security pros form an alliance. And here's some of the, the differences and some of the things that they are. And you'll see what they're talking about in poster in these different posters. There's the article we just read. 
He's actually got video from some of their Zoom calls. The documents equal or exceed the Twitter files, like we said. Um, here's what one of the videos has to say. I don't know a lot. I know something about narratives. I know something about how people are manipulating those narratives. And if the world is going to come to an end, I'm going to go down fighting. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's somebody at CTI League that's countering the misinformation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. Story has Quote enormous unquote. significance because of its ties to all these agencies. And Chris Krebs boasted of the partnership, which we saw. And here's, again, that tweet that Whitney had in her article three years ago. A whistleblower told Public and Racket CTIL online meets were regularly attended. Okay, so a lot of this is the article that we just read with more of the background. Here's one, another one of the videos talking about how repetition is truth. They detail how marketing executives with no skills apart from corporate brand management shifted from manipulating perceptions of products to doing it for nation states, policies, and political parties. Those are the things that can be repeated uh -huh. and repeated. If you know anything about narratives, rhetoric, propaganda, marketing, you know that repetition is truth. Scary, right? I mean, there's, there's a, there's, no, there's a, there's another quote about repetition and propaganda. I don't know if you remember it. Um, no. Was it Goebbels? Um, hold on. Uh, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people eventually come to believe it. That's Joseph Goebbels. So, I believe that's Goebbels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Goebbels. Goebbels. Um, Goebbels, Gremlins, go gob Gobbles. So, um, CTI League has been the subject of reporting before. Accounts like Pepe's grandma, a.k.a. Bad Kitty, months ago connected CTIL, DHS, and operations like the EIP. Whistleblower docs tell a damning and irrefutable story. And that's what this is showing. Right, that DHS yeah. and partner and FBI partnered with a group that endorsed both censorship and bad guy offensive operations against U.S. citizens is only one of many key revelations. The size of this leak makes it difficult to summarize quickly. Yeah, gerbils. That's right, Doctor Nick. Um, like the like the rodent. There are so many ugly details, in fact, that the fastest way to introduce them is to release docs in bunches by theme. In the next hours, days, and weeks, look for more threads in this space. First up momentarily, sock puppets and spies. Right, and let's get to sock puppets and spies, which is right here. Why isn't this pro? Can we read this with a sock puppet? Can you get a sock puppet right now? And like a little, just like a little sock puppet. In the CTI files written about today by Schellenberger. No, it's not working for you. Is Sherry Lewis still alive? Can we get no her one. and Lamb Chop to do this? <laughs> lamb Chop. Uh, you know, I mean, Hinton's not alive either, so. No, God bless no him. Kermit. Kermit, he's right here. And in the CTI files written about today by Schellenberger and. We just lost Frank Oz, too. But, um, Frank Oz, damn, I know. I know. In the CTI files, 
How would you like to hear this red in Miss Piggy's voice? In the CGI files, written about today by Shellbook and Army. In the CGI files, written about today. Yeah, anyway. Would be great. Officials offer instruction on COINTELPRO-style spy tactics against a target they knew was verboten, the American public. Mm hmm Yeah. Yep. While hashtag Twitter files. What recipes do we need? Yep. While Twitter files confirm the use of defensive tactics like censorship and deamplification, CTI files show anti disinformation operatives planning to go on offense to disrupt speech, use fake personas, and spy tactics. We've been experiencing this the past yep. three years. I don't care what anybody tells you. That's a gaslight. They say it hasn't been happening. More than that. Why is right. why is there no actual recipes in the recipes category? Like what 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 uh, chocolate chip cookie isn't misinformation? Like you know what I mean? Mm. Something. Your spy disguise. Oh, Lock okay. your shit down. Impact containment. If you use compartmentation and per any persona, and everything goes wrong, all that gets compromised is the persona. Make a cutout. Yep. Burner phones. BTI League members were handed a big book of disinformation response that included the instruction in the use of burner phones and emails. How to do it. Yep. All right. When possible, I create a full identity with name, email address, VoIP, phone, and text as well. Like literally, create a separate identity. And then here are the most secure mail services. Right, a pseudo. Okay, using tons of ways to get a free VoIP account. Some won't, won't you know, you'll want to re uh, use, require a real phone number and won't accept VoIP for account registration. So they give you that. Can we get all troll on their bums? In a CTI incident report about anti-lockdown memes... Researchers asked if they had enough to ask for accounts to be taken down, and if not, can we get all troll on their bums? Mm. Look at the meme. Look at the meme. What wow. a dumb meme. Wow. Yellow Vest Canada protest against the COVID-19 lockdown. Okay, so this yeah. was specifically directed at Yeti and at Himbo. For sure. Yep. They right? definitely made that meme, probably, for sure. Oh, no, no. They um, definitely were the, the subject <laughs> of that meme, <laughs> I would say. Meme, yep. Um, yep. Okay. Also, a whistleblower told Public and Racket that the CTIL founder claimed to have introduced to induce the FBI to remove some content via a DNS takedown, and a CTI incident report appears to refer to this capability. That okay, that's that's a little loose. I don't know that that's a DNS takedown. Data science is defect is detective work, and that they there's a lot of different takedowns. But okay, yep. basically we're using many of the same tactics as the bad guys. Why do you think that is? Maybe because uh, because they 
one of. You are the bad guys. Yep. Come on. Basically, and we're using play. many of the same techniques as the bad guys, but we're doing it in a good way. Uh, we are creating, We are helping to. We are helping to people to understand the reality of complex situations. We are helping them to um, uh, avoid confusion, and we are helping to make simple, repeatable, hopefully viral concepts that can saturate the information space in the same way the bad guys do. Viral with. Uh -huh. With our narrative, but the bad guys, the bad guys are making misinforming, like, okay. intent, directly misinforming intentionally what's going on here. So they know that it's expressly forbidden. In the training video, key CTIL member Pablo Brewer says the most capable agency for anti disinfo anti disinfo work would be the Defense Department. Only it's expressly forbidden to operate against U.S. citizens. So let's hear him say so. The people that have the capability don't have the legal authority, right? Uh, and so the people that have the capability and expertise to do this is the U.S. Department of Defense. But the U.S. Department of Defense is expressly forbidden by presidential directive uh, and by law from uh, operating uh, against U.S. citizens, right? And so um, it's it's a kind of a third rail. Um. Yes. Oh. It's illegal, so we just don't talk about it. Right? Okay. And then and then the people who do it overseas are typically the CIA and NSA, <laughs> which is no surprise, but this sure. guy Pablo Brewer. Also, it of... doesn't necessarily have to be us. We know how this works. We head right on over to Bellingcat. We head right on over to, you know, British folks and you know. I mean, there's countless NATO countries that are willing to, you know, go to bat for this. So, mm -hmm. very right. easy to get around that. Well, the people in, and like, the people who do it overseas are typically the CIA and NSA, which I don't think that is a surprise. But in addition to DOD, intel collection agencies are legally not allowed to do these things in the u.s which again we know but here he is reiterating that point the people that do it overseas are typically the cia and the nsa and the department of defense but again i've already talked about that intel collection agencies are not uh, legally allowed to do those things inside the united states now the fbi technically is with a warrant yeah <laughs> what do we do with John and Jane Q citizen that actually watches Fox News? See, this is this is where it comes out. Aww. Explaining that the agencies Aww. currently doing this work domestically, DHS and the Global Engagement Center, are not very capable, and we need to help them out. So basically, here they come in, swooping in like the superhero, the misinformation superhero, yeah. Captain Misinfo. Americans have a healthy distrust of their government, and it just wouldn't look good. So the people it's actually sitting with right now is the Department of State. Uh, and the Department of State now has a uh, new cell called the GEC, the Global Engagement Center. Uh, and they're supposed the to be doing it. Now, they're essentially brand new. Uh, they're just getting something like 
$250 million next fiscal year. They're just ramping up. Frankly, they're not very capable right now. Um, but we need to help them out by deciding, you know, what kind of things can we do proactively? Yes, education's great for the kids that are in school now, but what, we, what do we do with uh, John and Jane Q. Citizen that actually, you know, uh, watch Fox News and believe pandemic? You know, what do we do with those guys? Yeah, because not that... only talking about <clears throat> like brainwashing your kids. No, that's fine. That works. But what do we do about the people who aren't brainwashed? Well, no, they're brainwashed might by be Fox watching News. Something not us. No, they're brainwashed by sure, Fox News. But I, yes, no, they are. Thank you. It's just that they're brainwashed um, to ask questions. Anyway, moving on. Specifically um, here because it's politically motivated. So here's another one. What do they mean by GEC? The Global Engagement what Center. What do they mean by the DHS and okay, the Global not, Engagement Center? Not the Garden of Eden creation kit. Got it. Just making sure. No, no, sure it's my, not the garden. My of fallout Eden. brain wasn't. Now, wasn't. Here's wasn't another one. In my head. Here's a guy in another CTIL video. Um, this guy logs NATO member Turkey for some really interesting false flags, including to pin ISIS bombings on the Kurds. And another big actor in the last uh, few years is Turkey which no one um, speaks about a lot, but Turkey is a very strong, has a very strong tradition of, uh, of uh, information operations, intelligence information operations. Uh, so Turkey uh, directed most of its efforts in the last years, of course, against the Kurdish minority. And uh, they did some uh, really interesting post flag <clears throat> campaigns uh, to pin uh, uh, to pin ISIS bombings on the Kurds, uh, or to pin uh, bombings made by the Turkish intelligence uh, in Kurdish demonstrations on ISIS, uh, and vice versa. Why, why, why are they admitting that in in a in a meeting like that? Okay. So mm -hmm. I love that we're actually getting the Zoom calls and that somebody sat down and went through these things with the documentation and like, wow, um, the good guys can use it too. Here we go. Now we get to hear SJ Turk. <laughs> All right, she talks about the new AI programs like ChatGPT generating. Credible texts, credible sentences, and though the bad guys can use it, so can the good guys. And here we go. And then there's creation. So you've probably seen some of the new stuff about GPT-2, GPT-3 um, being used on text. Uh, and one of the, the cool things it can do is you, you feed it stuff and it starts generating out, generating out credible text, credible sentences. Uh, and that for us is interesting because the bad guys can use that. Uh, actually, the good guys can use it too as part of the response, but that, that's another topic for another day. What day is that going to be? I mean, yesterday, pretty much. So the AMIT framework, which was developed in part by CTL founders, features 223 tactical counters, including fake sites, 
infiltration, when tabletop exercises to prep for misinformation, as happened with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Oh, we talked about that, didn't we? In the yes, Twitter files, okay, when they mm -hmm. got together, Roth participated in an Aspen Institute tabletop exercise on a potential hack and dump operation relating to Hunter. The goal was to shape how the media covered it and how social media carried it. Well, under the guise you know of... The, you know the thing. Yeah. Under the guise of, well, how would you handle this? And let's make sure we game this out so, heaven forbid, anything like this happens, we don't get caught with our pants down. We're doing this to help you and to help your cybersecurity department and to stop you from spreading misinformation and potentially negatively affecting a presidential election. Yeah, but who's, who's stopping you from uh, fucking misinformation and... Who's watching the watchers? Yes. Right. Correct. correct, sir. Yes, you are correct, sir. So, honeypot. Flood disinformation spaces with obviously fake content to dilute core misinformation narratives in them. That's honeypot with coordinated inauthentics. Then you've got infiltrate so the in-group to discredit leaders. What do, they, what do they mean by that? What, what do they mean by that? Like, I mean, classically, honeypotting as far as spies is like, I don't know, Catherine Zeta-Jones, not like, so. Well, it's, it's flooding like, them with put, stories put, that are appealing. Right, to that the they people, know are fake so right. that you can. But that you, but for example. Like discredit them. The story about the AI story with the burnt baby that. that, um, that sure. Ben Shapiro puts out flood in disinformation spaces with obviously fake misinformation and have you spend time right, having but to debunk also, them. But then also... It's also like to do it, infiltrate these groups to then put the honeypot there that's obviously misinformation, see if anyone bites, and then if they do, like, easy to discredit. Mm. You know? So... Same okay. thing here, right? Infiltrate the in-group to discredit leaders. Um, I know of one specific group that had been screaming that they had been infiltrated and nobody really wanted to listen to or believe them. Yeah. Create fake website to issue a counter-narrative and counter-narrative through physical merchandise. That's also mm -hmm. That also happened to a specific third party that was trying to start. Yep. And I'm not saying this happened to them or who was involved at, at all. It's just it, it aligns very closely with very similar to this type of exercise. And then simulate misinformation, disinformation campaigns and responses to them before campaigns happen. And I don't know yeah. if those things were done, but I would guess that they were. All right. And then we had even... Somebody was looking for Open America Now and Make Liberty Great Again. Not sure it's stuck, but yep. might appear. Probably not our current target, but of interest nonetheless. So they were now starting to randomly grab things that might potentially be of interest rather than stuff that they definitively knew to be problematic. Now all of a sudden the shift is, is happening. 
it's going from absolutely finding misinformation out there to what potentially could be perceived by somebody as maybe misinformation. Maybe. But yeah. what does make liberty great again have anything to do with COVID? Nothing. Here's another report which lists a Declaration of Independence is my permission slip meme as a problem. That analyst feared even yep. such memes <laughs> is no surprise. One CTI doc noted satire was sometimes used as a gateway drug into more worrying groups. Uh-huh. Like, literally. Yep. They're saying satire's that... A satire's a gateway drug. Someone, that's a shirt. To extremism. Yeah. We had satire detectors. Here she uh -huh. goes. Oh, listen to this one. Things like satire are really hard. Um, we actually had satire detectors at one thing I worked on because it just shows up as positive, even though it's it's completely negative. Like slash S just, you know, doesn't show. It's like nice work, bro, or, you know, the, the usual satirical, you know, uh, Irony just doesn't doesn't work on machines. And so they had to develop something to identify and detect irony, which it did not obviously do very well and identified a lot of people do well, that right. were either shitting on something or actually positively saying something that they detected was irony. And that's why sometimes people got censored and they couldn't figure out why when they said nothing wrong. When they were... Yeah. Praising somebody. Well, it's because one of these fucking information bots decided that what they said was actually satirical. Good job, bro. Exactly what she said. How many times, yep. like, w was somebody being serious and got filtered out? Yep. We're already building. We're already building and using bots. That's Commander Jordy LaForge weighing in there. Engage. I heard him. I don't think that was me. Okay. You don't even enter the room. I don't have a cat in the room, so it had to be you. I I didn't hear anything. Watching left you things movements. You okay? Have they gotten into your brain chip? Maybe. BTIL often strayed from COVID to political matters, usually focused on Trump and Republicans, but not always. Docs show interest in the U.S. campaign for Palestinian rights. The Dem Socialists. Hashtag oh, nice. healthcare for all and other progressives. And I can't really see what that says. Oh, here you go. Mahdi Nasrallah. I can't yeah. really see what a lot of those are. But Minneapolis, Minneapolis see, burning. I see. At Dim Socialists. Yeah, at Dim um, so New this York is, DSA anti-war. Uh, USCMR. You no, that's the USCPR. Then, that's the uh, that, that's the one with um. Yeah, 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 Palestine yeah, yeah, yeah. resistance. Think, right? Oh, oh no. no, that's that's yeah, the yeah, Palestine yeah. resistance that they, that they list here. Go back. There's one more. Go back. This one. Um, no war on Iran. Dot org. That's it. Yep. So. Election 2020, a very end-of-the-world type moment. And again, this is before Trump's election. This is before the 2020 election. 
They believe they seem to believe anything was justified to stop Trump, whose potential election was framed by one analyst as literal apocalypse. My my scope is um, it overlaps somewhat with COVID, but definitely goes beyond it. I'm I am very much focused on the the uh, election, the U.S. election in November, um, because I think it's a very end of the world type of moment. <laughs> the virus is just an actor in the broader story. Exactly. Wow. Next, we had anti-disinformation as a partisan scam. So watch this space soon for more about the CTI League's political bias, its role in shaping election moderation operations, and more bizarre Amit counters. See that five times fast. Election moderation operations. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's like yeah, that, that, that's got rhythm. Election moderation operations. Right. Yeah, yeah, it does. Redirect searches um, away from disinformation or extremist content. Huh. Taking advantage of the technology behind AdWords, this method identifies potential ISIS recruits through their Google searches and exposes them to curated YouTube videos debunking ISIS recruiting themes. Oh, nice. Apply this method yep. now to Russian propaganda. Word. Russian yeah. scum. This is what they're... They're going to... They're going to they're gonna change people's minds by running an SEO campaign, subsidizing the difference in greater clicks toward extremist content. We have Russian link. Uh-huh. We have Russian link. That's that's right. We we weren't watching on the Russian link on Saturday or anything, but <laughs> no. Nope. Um never pay, brother. Institutional hurdles currently impede diverse subject matter experts hailing from outside the traditional national security and foreign policy disciplines. I don't think that's really a surprise. Yeah. <clears throat> um so that was and that is a thread reader, but it's also available on my my scope is um, oh. it overlaps somewhat with COVID. Shush! I don't want to hear you. Yeah, it does. So that was Schellenberger. Now today, or or the other day, Matt came out with number four, which is that the documents grow curiouser and curiouser, evoking too many coincidences and a familiar scam connected to Hamilton 68 and Clint Watts, who is its founder. Um, they literally, so this is the comic book that they made. I don't know how long this is. My name is Ava Williams. Welcome to the beginning of my journey for truth. My father works at the local communications company and was ambushed in a tower he was called out to fix. His attackers were incited to violence by disinformation. They wrongly believed there's a link between 5G and COVID-19. AI made animation. Disinformation has caused too much pain. No, so, they spent millions to make this. Problem head on. This is the peak and do it we in five minutes. Time. Music Bam, 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 bam,
Damn, that's sassy. Royalty free Avengers. I want to, I want to, I want to be one of those guys. I want to chase bad guys. Yeah, I want to be superhero. I want to be like the movies. So, CTI file files for mm -hmm. all the devils are here. All right. Uh, yeah, the hilarious. Devil. Right. Bad cookies. Wow, I feel like a patriot. Yep. In Soviet Russia, <laughs> Biden hunters you? Oh, shit. That's really funny. Biden hunters you? Okay. CTI files are notable, among things, because the documents show a number of connections with people involved with infamous fake news episodes, in particular, the Hamilton 68 dashboard purporting to track Russian bots that was exposed in the Twitter files. And Matt has been more like a, like a you know, I don't know, um, a dog with a bone with regard to Hamilton 68 and their disinformation operation how they smeared consortium news, how they smeared a lot of independent journalists and actual truth that were counter to the narrative of the people who were funding them. Hamilton 68, as the Twitter document showed, didn't actually track Russians, but a collection of ordinary accounts, mostly Western and with no connection to Russia, but their dashboard was designed by a technologist from a company called New, Lo New Knowledge named Jonathan Morgan. And fronted by a former new FBI knowledge. agent, new knowledge, and it was fronted by fronted by a former FBI agent and analyst named Clint Watts. And here we go into Renee Deresta. She's a Stanford Internet Observatory researcher and a leading voice in the two cross-platform content moderation programs, the Election Integrity Partnership and Virality Project. We talked about those again God. previously. All the again, it's designed to make you want to zone out when you hear all this. Forget all the names. Yeah, the name is dumb. <laughs> like what? All right. But Renee directs the, the Renee Information Deresta, Technology Center for Virality and this fucking, like, they, they want to make it sound benevolent and harmless. And the co-founder, like we said, Sarah yeah. Jane Terp, who we heard on that in the video, has extraordinary ties to Morgan, Watts, and Deresta. So, in February yep. 2014, two employees joined an obscure Kenyan software company, an open software source intelligence group called <laughs> Usahadi, Usa, Usahidi. Yeah. One where, was... Where, uh, you know, if you send me your social security number... No, it wasn't Nigerian. I, a royal it, prince. It, it wasn't Nigerian. It was Kenyan. Whatever. So, uh-huh. Bro, like they don't have Kenyan, like right, you know. But one of them was the was the future founder of the CTI League, Sarah Jane Terp, a whistleblower who brought the CTI files documents to public, where Michael Schellenberger, Gutentag, Alexander Gutentag, and my and Matt began writing stories about them last week. Another Usahidi employee in 2014 was the future CEO of New Knowledge, Jonathan Morgan. So there's the link now between SJ Terp and Jonathan Morgan. Here's the Usahidi team today, followed by the LinkedIn pages for the two future anti-disinformation warriors. Update, a friend of Racket passed along a valuable new nugget on this front in the form of Usahidi's announcements of new hires showing Terp and Morgan arriving at the same time. She lived in New Jersey. 
So they literally were hired. He had been part of the community since 2010. So what do they do and who are they? We are innovators, technologists, and most importantly, advocates. Our diverse team uses our unique backgrounds mm -hmm. and skill sets to empower. Dude, this is like the, the Intel version of INN. Like, we're just like nobody dudes, but they mm -hmm. literally yeah. like, here, let's throw together Dude, a whole bunch of nobodies. But they're not nobodies yeah. at all. They're highly trained with specific backgrounds in specific areas. Right, so yes. here Usually are the two of them showing that they were both hired and left at the same time. Hmm, that's not too suspicious yeah. now. Right, new knowledge, Morgan's firm would later become famous, then infamous, then renamed, then disappear from cultural memory entirely in the wake of a series of scandals. Lacking any kind of real work history, the new company burst on the scene in 2018 after Parkland shooting. Morgan's name suddenly appeared in a New York Times story after Florida school shooting, quote, Russian bot army pounced. Again, it's the Russian. Russians don't take a dump without a plan, son. Right? So, yep. they're blaming the Russians. Introduced by the Times as the chief executive of New Knowledge, a company that tracks online disinformation campaigns, the paper added that he was, quote, one of the researchers who worked with the German Marshall Fund to create Hamilton 68, the website that monitors Russian bot and fake Twitter activity, which we know it doesn't. Oh, those Russians. Oh, man. Um, again, Hamilton 68 is a dashboard that purported to track Russian online influence campaigns, was the sole source for the Times report that Russians were trying to widen the divide and make compromise even more difficult by highlighting hashtags like hashtag parkland shooting and even hashtag gun control now. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to take my guns. Yep. Morgan, after the parkland shooting, was also interviewed by Chuck Toad or, or Chode Todd on MSNBC who threw up his hands at the news that Russians were meddling with American discourse. Whatever these companies are doing, it doesn't work, Todd said. What's happening here? Thoughts of softball, Morgan argued, social media platforms hadn't solved the systemic problem of disinformation. Wow, he looks like Jackson Hinkle. No. I'm not going to play that. It's MSNBC. It's corporate media. We don't play that nonsense here. <laughs> All right. Not long after, in August 2018, New Knowledge announced the receipt of $11 million in startup capital to protect companies from covert coordinated disinformation campaigns. Investors included funds right. with military contracting ties. Go figure. Including GGV Capital, Lux Capital, and Moonshot Capital. With VentureBeat pointing out that what further distinguishes New Knowledge is that its founders are AI and Homeland Security experts who grew up in the NSA. Morgan, for instance was an advisor for the U.S. State Department. Nobody questions whether those guys might be spies. Nobody questions whether no. those guys might be applying any type of an operation domestically. Nope. Well, according to this, less than half a year from its initial announcement, New Knowledge 
after laboring for months, produced a much-heralded report for the Senate Intelligence Committee called, quote, the tactics and tropes of the Internet Research Agency. Again, we know all about that. That is the hysteria Russian organization that was uh, overhyped about the Russiagate stuff and that put out the information about the 2016 election. Turns out they bought $50,000 in Facebook ads. They, de they detailed yep. a propaganda war against U.S. citizens by Russia, as, of course, NPR, the biggest dupes in the history of the world, put it. The report mm -hmm. produced... And Bernie Sanders parroted it. Everyone in that in, in that sphere, By yes. Himself. Yep, he rushed himself. But the report produced an outpouring of ecstatic so headlines so and TV and TV reports with Politico saying that it showed a sweeping effort to show to sow divisions, support Trump on the part of, of course, Putin. Right? The Washington Post noting that Russia had not only tried to help Trump but targeted the saintly Robert Mueller, the Wall Street Journal noting Russia targeted black voters, and so on, and so on. Complete, Let me call the Russians to help. Complete, yeah. Complete fabrications here, and spinning, and also their own brand of misinformation. To get a sense of how promiscuously the new knowledge report was spread, Watch this condensed clip of a mortified Mika Berezinski's rattling off report conclusions, then tossing Pinkers to Evers to Chance style a parade of MSNBC contactor, uh, commentators, which I don't want to talk about. But this one hands off to this one, to this one. Then later it's this one. And finally, old sad sack Boston bar crawler Mike Barnacle mouthing the required pieties about Trump working hand in glove with what... Vladimir Putin has set out to do. Again, the source Deal. for this is all analysts hired by the Senate Intelligence Committee, chief among them, new knowledge. Huh, how about that? And I will not play MSNBC. How about that? How about that? By the way, this was at 3 in the morning, but it's 6 in the morning. So you got to get up early to watch this garbage. Mere days after this orgy... <laughs> Nice, Matt. I love it. How about new? Thanks. News came out that new knowledge was now involved with a fake news scheme in which fictional Russian social media accounts were made to follow Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore, after which reporters were alerted to the connection. This is very similar to you what... You are fake news. Yes, it's, it's, they're manufacturing fake news. They're literally creating a narrative feeding it to people, saying it's a narrative, and getting everyone to believe it while knowing the entire time that it was just made up and bullshit. In an extraordinary yep. display of shamelessness, Times writer Jim Ruttenberg, the author of the influential 2016 article, quote, Trump is testing the norms of objectivity in journalism, in which it was argued that reporters faced with the Trump threat needed to be more worried about being true to history's judgment than mere truth described the Alabama incident as an unfortunate development that the Russian government had way too much fun with. Allowing them to claim the mm -hmm. incident seems to cast the Democrats' Russiagate accusations into further doubt. No shit. Yep. Ruttenberg incredibly then quoted Brett Schaefer of the Alliance for Security Democracy, 
as saying the development was awful for democracy, despite the fact that Schaefer and the ASD had a direct tie to Morgan and New Knowledge. Morgan and New Knowledge helped design Hamilton 68, which the ASD funded and probably got their information yep. from, their talking points from. Even the Soviets didn't write things this dumb. The funder of one fake news organization said the discovery of another fake news operation was sad news, our very serious sources say. Fake we news. Do a trolling. It's called we do a little trolling. Fake news outing fake news to, de to declare themselves as legitimate. Literally, that's what they did. They burned one of their flags yeah. to say, okay, we're legit because we outed this one, but they actually were the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Ruttenberg also noted that parenthetically. Well, we'll double fake. Right, that new knowledge also helped oh. write a report on Russian troll activity released last month by the Senate Intelligence Committee, omitting the important end clause, mm -hmm. a report we at the Times hyped the living fuck out of. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? The bullshit that it is, right? The Twitter files uncovered the Hamilton 68 was a fraud as well. According to internal Twitter correspondence, Morgan's dashboard was not tracking Russian propaganda and Russian disinformation, though they thought they were, and they said they were, but they were actually tracking a group of 600-odd accounts overwhelmingly composed of ordinary people in places like the U.S., Canada, and Britain. I think we just need to call this out on the bullshit that it is, said our friend Yoel Roth. You can come out of hiding now, Yoel. Nobody's going to get you. Well, maybe somebody, but not me. I don't want... I got you. You're in hiding. While the Hamilton dashboard was designed by Morgan, with some help from the Global Engagement Center contractor, J.M. Berger, so there's that GEC coming into play again, right? Yep. The front man of the operation was Clint Watts, who was and remains an MSNBC contributor. And let's let's watch. I, I hope we don't get taken down for this, but Orff did an incredible job of this one. Uh, you and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton 68. Yes, yeah, so my colleagues and I, we tracked Russian accounts. That's some bullshit. So they're literally right now, they're Russian bots, according to your website, that are putting this out into the world. Is that right. correct? That's bullshit. <laughs> yep. Orf. Indie Media Award honoree. Uh, I got that button. Classic 2023. Funny. Yes, the Nomster. I saw that today about switching the N and the M characters on the laptop as a practical joke. She's a Nomster, a real Nomster. Yes, that's very funny. 279 mm -hmm. times the impact of Hamilton on the domestic news landscape almost can't be calculated. It was used to make assertions about Russian interest in everything from a memo about FISA abuse written by Republican Devin Nunes. Ooh, how's that cow doing? The Parkland shooting, to the spread of the term deep state, to the hashtag walk away movement. And by the way, if you haven't walked away from the Democrats, hashtag walk away. The countless other themes. And it was all a lie. As again, re re recorded 279 lies. And I think we played this once before, but it's so good. We got to play this one again. This is the only time I'll play corporate media is when Orf does this. 
McCarthy publicly oh, charges that the United States is infested with foreign forces at work in our politics. And he says that he has a list of 600 Twitter accounts that appear to be linked to the Russian government. That's a lie. These Kremlin-linked accounts. These Kremlin-linked accounts. These Kremlin-linked accounts. Russian-linked accounts. Kremlin-linked accounts. Foreign influence. Kremlin-oriented Twitter accounts. Kremlin-linked Twitter accounts. Russian-linked Twitter accounts. Impersonating Americans. They are every day playing on social media. There's a website called Hamilton 68 that measures this Russian influence tracker on Twitter. The Russian dashboard is a real-time dashboard of all right you get the point orf is amazing yeah but one of the bizarre things we discovered when researching the people involved in hamilton 68 was a video graphic novel series authored by watts and both funded and produced this is not a joke by the dhs's cisa that's chris krebs's remember his profile pic we paid for that mm -hmm. The Resilience series featured full-scale animated features with plots whose sheer paranoia levels make Reefer Madness seem like when Harry met Sally. In the clip below, a young woman who has a father bearing a, a remarkable resemblance to Clint Watts sees her old man ambushed by attackers who've been incited to violence by disinformation, believing there's a link between 5G and COVID-19. We saw that at the top of the post as will be clear in a moment the 5g tale was a major fixation of ctil which seemed to think the whole world was in its thrall the one stop 5g globa facebook page had a whole 82 shares at the time of this analysis through tears the daughter propaganda the daughter protagonist in the resilience decides to stand up to disinformation scourge and fight back in a bizarre, in as bizarre a scene as you'll ever see anywhere in any film or video ever produced, our heroine reports mm -hmm. to a chairman of indeterminate species, a sort of metallic wolf, who maybe represents someone like former Time editor and GEC chief Rick Stengel, or maybe Laura Rosenberger of the Alliance for Security Securing Democracy. The chairman warns her, "We don't have much time." Where's the... It's so crazy, yeah. My father works at the local communications company Again. and was ambushed in a tower. In case you missed it before. His attackers were incited to violence by disinformation. They wrongly believe yeah. that there's a link between 5G and COVID-19. Dude, these animations are so AI, I swear. Disinformation too much pain. The same so, ones you saw last time. I'm taking the problem. It's a kind animation. This is the chairman. This. We don't yeah, have much time. My Wait. Yeah, it's the same video we saw a second ago. Right, but, but, but it's new the, voice the, it's a, this is the chairman. We don't have much time. Wait, who who's right. the chairman? That's what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, Clint Watts is all over the CTI files. Not only are there links to a page with the first draft version of the Resilience series, there are numerous references to the Clint Watts Matrix, another taxonomic, taxonomic threat charting graph, which are described and commented upon by other anti-disinformationists. Yes, mock informationists. Yep. Okay. On one hand, it's important to remember that these charts are supposed to map what the bad guys do. So entries like shit list, 
add target accounts to insultingly named lists. <laughs> I do that. Uh, or ad hominem, make insults and accusations. I certainly do that. Should not be understood as instructions. But it's also true, however, that CTIL members are on video saying things like, basically, we're using many of the same techniques as the bad guys. So that should be taken into consideration, too. And here's that resilience yep. series. Here's the the outline and the sketch for what they want to accomplish. Right? Holy crap. Ask GoFundMe to investigate. Here's another one. Hmm, Canadian truckers. Just to an example, CTIL incident reports and instructional papers regularly list possible counters to disfavored themes. In the paraphrase below, for example, uh, CTIL, member, CTIL members are warned about examples of the terrifying 5G conspiracy. And we can ask GoFundMe to investigate and ask Facebook to go after the original are listed as possible solutions for what to do. Right? Uh, Nottingham, UK, shares that include Real News Australia, Nottingham, Nottingham UK, various 5G conspiracy peeps. This makes me think that our work tracking COVID 5G will be useful after all. Because they think there's overlap. Uh huh. Sniff Hamilton 68 dashboard for themes. What does that mean? CTIL docs also repeatedly refer members to Ham 68, Ham 68, they, they already short named it, nicknamed it, as a source and even suggest they sniff it for themes. So now, which is odd given sniff this. It. Given, okay. given that CTIL was supposedly about COVID and not Russians, why are they skimming that database? Right? Phone honeypots, sniffing Hamilton 68 for this info data flows, which might or might not include propaganda. Uh-huh. I would go with might. Live feed from accounts accountable attributable to Russia or China may or may not contain propaganda useful for seeing current themes. So they're all they're definitely trying to insinuate it. Here's another one where they talk about the Parkland teens. A number of incident reports sourced to Hamilton 68, sometimes by way of popular media. The Parkland teens report below takes Text from a Vanity Fair story, right, about how they're using, how bo Russian bots are using 2016 tactics to hijack the gun debate on Twitter. One of the odder details about these three episodes is that the counters to Hamilton 68 stories, for some strange reason, don't recommend takedowns or removals. The tone is agnostic. Presumed goals divide the American public on issues of guns, race, and generational politics and activism. Method is amplification via sock puppet and cyborg accounts, but the counters are none. They get media exposure. That's what all yep. this is written in another report titled Kavanaugh, source to Hamilton 68. So, of course, they now are saying that the Russians were involved in um, influencing whether Kavanaugh, you know, the Kavanaugh hearings. And whether he got 
you know, whether he passes as a Supreme Court justice and what shape yep. potential narrative and public thinking. That Morgan, right, that this time to a, a quartz piece that tags S.J. Terps, long ago co-worker Jonathan Morgan, again, the head of that new, new, whatever, new, um, new knowledge, new knowledge, right? Right. Morgan is currently tracking a set of around a thousand accounts he believes are tied to Russia, says the Kavanaugh hearings have unleashed more domestic U.S. domestic focused propaganda from foreign linked networks than his firm has seen in months. Okay, the analysis includes lines like presumed goals divide the American public on gender and party lines, harass and intimidate anti-Trump voices and promote both sides relativism and alter ground truth resources such as Wikipedia. So, again... Ground truth resources? Well, wait a minute. What this okay. is saying is they should be... that Their agents and their operatives are editing Wikipedia to spread misinformation intentionally. Yes. And I right? guarantee you community notes, because that's a similar system, like... Oh, absolutely. And now even Elon is like, huh... It looks like the, there's there's somebody that's some intelligence service. I wonder where that's now manipulating and got got some kind of an influence over community nuts notes. Where'd that come from? Yeah, and then got community noted again, being like, "No, community notes is good," but they don't want to counter it because they're getting media exposure. That's the counter: is that they let the media counter it and form the narrative, and there they are. That, yep. that, that's from this stuff. Online Twitter accounts tied to Russia are heavily involved in discussing Supreme Court nominee and allegations against him online. Here they talk about Hamilton 68, listed Kavanaugh, Trump, the FBI, and Christine Blasey Ford as the four top topics mentioned by Russia-linked accounts on the evening of October 1st. Guess what the four top topics linked by non-Russia-linked accounts would be? My guess it would be um, Kavanaugh, Trump, the FBI, and Ford. Yep. The Russia-linked accounts are largely lending their support to Kavanaugh, says Morgan, company that built the software, Hamilton 68, that Clint Watts now operates and is the face of. You're going to say that every time, yeah. I know. So I didn't say it every time. It's important, it's important to remember that the main precursor organization to CTIL, which is Miss InfoSec, which was also run by that SJ lady, included none other than Twitter file star Renee DiResta of the Stanford Internet Observatory EIP and Virality Project fame. DiResta, crucially, was also the research director at Jonathan Morgan's New Knowledge when it was cranking out informational bogosity like Project Alabama and Hamilton 68. So the queen of bullshit is Renee DiResta. In a Medium report about yep. an early MissInfoSec working group meeting, she's quoted saying something that had to be a delight to contractors' ears. Quote, this information is not a problem that can be solved. It's like a chronic disease that can be managed. Gross. <laughs> Also starring Clint Watts. Miss InfoSec also cited the research of Clint Watts from Hamilton 68, who said, quote, the goal is to take an approach that will anticipate changes in threat behavior and proactively disrupt nefarious activity 
rather than reactively respond to it. Basically, okay. stirring shit up, causing a problem, and then dealing with the results because we we orchestrated the whole thing so we know exactly how it's going to go down and we can steer it in the direction that we want. Wow. We're almost done. There's only 20 points to this. Because I know we got to get the boats in a few. We're going to be a few minutes late for boats, but this is important. The original discuss discussion about this in an early podcast interview, the future drivers of CTIL, SJ Terp, and Pablo Brewer talk about funding. Mm, follow the money. The original discussion about this, Brewer says, was funded by the Donovan Group, which is a firm tied to the DOD Special Operations Command. Craig Newmark. We did get a what little bit of money fucking names? from Craig Newmark, who has the like. Newmark Foundation for MisInfoSec Working Group. Mm -hmm. Looking for softworks. In sum, the gang's <laughs> all here. The principles from New Knowledge, Morgan and DeResta, along with the Alliance for Securing Democracy, which is Watts, all key figures from Hamilton 68, all also have ties to TERP, CTIL, and MisInfoSec, Operations which openly embrace the idea of preemptive, left-of-boom, informational strike, yammering repeatedly about psyops and the need to proactively interrupt speech that is not desired. Maybe mm -hmm. it's chance that the authors of high-tech fakes like Hamilton 68 just happened to cross-pollinate over and over with this DHS-endorsed program. It's early days and we're still spotting these connections, but sometimes... When a surplus of coincidence looks wrong, it is. More to come. Yep. So now, what Matt then says is that over the course of the Twitter files, many of us who worked on the project got used to the social media thread format as a convenient, speedy way to deliver document-based reports. Now that I'm joining public to report on the CTI files, he's not joining public in permanently just for this, uh, I still believe that the thread is a good format, or at least a good format, for delivering documents to the public expeditiously and in bulk. However, I got a problem. Twitter and fucking Elmo Musk are sadly stepping on Substack sites like his own to such an extreme degree that it's actually counterproductive to post there. I disagree Which with that. Speech is boring and paranoid. Yeah, coming to a... Substack near you, I know. Coming to a Substack <laughs> newsletter near you. He says, even when I don't post links to Substack, as was the case with the initial hashtag CTI files posts put out last week, the material scarcely circulates, suggesting I continue to be denialisted on that site. Yep. Because of all this, I've decided to do threads here directly on Substack. I'll still announce them on Twitter, X, in addition to notes, Facebook, and Instagram, but there no longer seems to be any point in swimming upstream on platforms where I'm suppressed. I want everybody yeah. to hear that. There's no point to swimming upstream on platforms where we are being suppressed. I'm not doing this out of peak or to throw anything in Elon's face. It's already clear that that approach doesn't accomplish anything. He's tried it. But it's just a concession to, just as a concession to reality. I don't want to do it either. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of Substack contributors and other independents in similar situations, I need to find new ways to get the word out as the era of one-stop marketing on Twitter X is over. 
again, let me repeat that for the for the everyone. The era of one-stop marketing on Twitter X is over. The new formula will be threads on this site, followed by explanatory live streams, and Matt started to do streams. This thread being free material, social media users are free to repost, but I'd appreciate a link somewhere in the thread without further ado. And that's this was at the top initially, and he moved it down to the bottom. Really mm. important stuff. Um, like Whitney said, it's a lot of what we already knew, but it's confirmation of what we knew, and it's exposing the links <clears throat> between all the people that are connected to it and why they're so dangerous and how they got the access they did, and it, it, it tells the story. It doesn't warn you of anything that's potentially coming, but it looks back and really gives you a picture of how did, all, how did this all come together so that we could potentially see warning signs of that coming together similarly in the future. That's my hope. Hmm. Um, okay. All right. Well, wow, we got 50 oh, people yeah. watching live. You know, I don't want to kill the stream, but we did set one up for boats, but we got 50 people, man. Let's just, let's just go to boats. Chat. What do you want to do? You want to go to chat? Want to check some yeah, chat? No, I already put it into chat. What'd you put? Oh, the link um, to boats. Okay. So we're going to have to flip and yeah, dude, we're going to lose half the yeah. people. You we're know gonna that. We're going to take a break. Okay. Yes. We're going to take a break like we have been doing. And we'll be right back on that channel. Yeah. On that link. On so, that show. These channels, just a different, know, just a different show because it, we want to make sure click, this control click that link that's in the This doesn't you know? uh we don't want this to, to get hit. But so, before we do all of that, let's let's do two things. First off, we wanna remind people don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Yep. Please share to fight the suppression. Make sure to leave a comment and help INN get to 2K. Yep. Next, I did also want to impress upon you folks, please, if you can support INN, these are the ways to do it. You can subscribe either at Patreon or Substack, thanks to YouTube demonetizing our channel. You also can, of course, subscribe at Rockfin or Rumble or leave us a super chat or a donation at either of those places. The easiest, fastest, cheapest, freest way to get us money with no fees is Cash App. Dollar sign Indie News Network if you have the ability and you are valuing what you're seeing tonight and appreciate the work. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It definitely costs us time, energy, and work to do this. Finally, I also wanted to thank all the people who have been supporting INN and Indie Left. Um, and we've got a lot of them in a, in a bunch of different ways. We will get our YouTube membership back, hopefully at some point, as well as the Super Chats, because you can see that that is a good portion of how we were monetizing some folks over at Rockfin, wonderful folks like Anna Mayers and Roger Meadows and everybody over there. Dave Burt most recently left us a Super Chat over on Rockfin. Zaccaroni Pizza left us a cash app, and thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Everybody that can hook us up, it really does make a big difference. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm just trying, trying to, to try to get some more subscribers, you know, share this with a friend who hasn't heard of us yet. Yep. It's always appreciated. I didn't even make um, a calendar for next week. So you'll have to stay in, in, in touch and follow and subscribe to INN to see all the different shows that are going to happen. This follow week. on Twitter. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. News. Yep. 
you'll be able to sub to the channel, hit the yeah. bell. You'll get notified when we go live. Hopefully. All those things. Listen yeah. to him. He's got it down. Later, everybody. Yep. I love you all. Uh, okay. Support independent media. We need it more than ever. Keep listening to my little boats have to tell you. Good night, fam. Mwah. Ciao, baby. Indie News Network, collaborative family of independent content creators. Co-hosted normally by me, Indy. I'm founder and editor of Indie Left News and Indie Media Today. I got Reef Freeland sitting next to me. At Kennedy News. It's Andrew Rivera on the Handsome Cynic. It's politics and survival. Uh, my name is Jesse Jett. It's American tradition. Stop Space Monkeys. Welcome to Political Fight Club. I'm Robert Durden. There, I mean, I mostly make Art Brian and Big Man Crab Joe. Keep up those great videos. Hey guys, it's Yeti. Uh, coming at you. Hello, my name is Lucy from Big Moon Red Wine. This is Chris Legion. <laughs> I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines And when I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowing pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue But they both bleed us so dry both bleed us so dry My favorite songs don't hit the same way I get to the end of a four minute track And I'm only looking back thinking What did they actually say? So I